five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of America.com. My name is Rich Doc Hayden, and I am with... Harpo. And here we are. It has been two weeks since we've spoken. We had took a little time off to have a, a little break to be with family during the 4th of July. Harpo, how was your 4th? Man, we had a good one. Nice, nice. What'd you guys do? It's always it's always good to celebrate the independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did typical barbecue and shooting fireworks, just all around enjoying the family. Nice. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, same here. My mother, sister, brother-in-law, and niece flew out to see us. I uh, hadn't seen my mom in nearly two years. So it was, it was you know, the post-pandemic reunion. Hadn't seen my mom in nearly two years. I hadn't seen my sister in almost three years and got to meet my niece for the very first time. She was born last March. Uh, she was born literally a day before everything shut down in Wisconsin, so a day before the pandemic began. And it was just, you know, really great seeing them. We saw, I, I was telling Harper a minute ago that we went up to the roof of our building with my daughter, who was four. Um, and we started to watch the fireworks, but she got a little scared after a minute, so we had to we had to come back down. But I uh, had a great fourth, went to the beach, and hung out, and yeah, it was just a really, really, really good time. You know what I mean? So, That's what it's all about. Definitely, definitely. And we were saying, uh, uh, so fireworks are legal in Georgia? Yes. Yes, they are. Nice, nice. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I, I know that some are here in California, I, I, I think, you know, Roman candles and the ones that shoot, I don't think are legal, but, um, oh, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the LAPD EOD van that exploded? I did see that on the news. Yeah. That was crazy. Just for people who don't know, if you want to go Google it and look it up, a couple days before the 4th of July, the LAPD seized, I don't know, it was like two or 3,000 pounds, something ridiculous amount of fireworks. And they had this vehicle, it was like a bomb explosion vehicle, where they put stuff, they put, you know, explosives in the back, and they detonate the explosives in the, the back of the vehicle. Well, somebody miscalculated, and they put it in, and it almost blew the entire vehicle apart, man. Definitely damaged it and, and made it inoperable, but it was almost like an IED, man. It was crazy. Yeah, they say it wounded some people too, right? It did. It did a couple people. It didn't kill anybody, but it might have sent a couple people to the hospital. And I know it, it, it you know, like an ID, it, it blew out some windshields and stuff. And yeah, it just, whoever made that call made the wrong call. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, it was, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's a big semi truck and it just like, just boom, it blows up. And like the, the, the truck looks like, I don't know, it looks like it got body slammed by Hulk Hogan afterwards. Holy smokes, it's all fucked up. So we, we didn't have we didn't have anything like that around here. Mm, mm. The Troop County little sheriff's department Facebook page said there was no no incidents on the fourth, which is which is pretty big because we have a lake, West Point Lake, the lake here. Uh huh. It's one it's one of the largest lakes, you know, east of the Mississippi. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a, and it's controlled by the Army Corps of Engineers, so it's controlled by the government. Uh huh. So it's a rather largely big body of water and on the fourth you know fourth and memorial day and all that the lake's usually pretty crowded and populated with a lot of people and they always have a fireworks show but they reported no incidents this year so nice yeah that's, that's huge nice a couple years ago i saw a meme that somebody posted 
on July 3rd. And it said, for somebody reading this right now, this is the last 24-hour period that they're going to enjoy 10 fingers. And I was like, yep. So I'm glad that uh, uh, nobody in LaGrange lost one. That's what I got. I, I woke up July 5th and counted all my fingers and toes and said I made it. I survived <laughs> another one. <laughs> I survived another Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. So, speaking of fireworks and explosions, our topic today is going to be Iraq and Afghanistan. And a little more focus on Afghanistan because uh, it was announced a few weeks ago that uh, President Biden is going to finally withdraw all American troops from Afghanistan. So Afghanistan is a little more timely, but you know Iraq and Afghanistan are kind of two sides of the same coin. And uh, yeah, so we got the news. And Harp, I wanted to hear your uh, your opinion on it. I mean, I, I just hope it's not based off of just political preference. I hope he consulted the generals and the, the boots on the ground that's been over there before he made the decision. I haven't really dug dove deep down into why or what his reasoning behind pulling everything out is but I just hope it's not political mm-hmm. and I did see where the top general over there for has, has resigned so I don't know if there's anything going to come of that like why is he was you know why is he stepping down is there's you know something going on. I got to read between the lines, you know. You know, I saw that. I did not read the article, so I don't know if he is stepping down because the mission is over or if he is, you know, resigning in protest uh, because he disagrees. So, yeah, I did see that, but I'm not, I, I wish yeah, I had. Yeah, that's what I, I, yeah. Have, I haven't dug deep into it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm going to read a quote from a uh, Marine friend of mine on Facebook. Don't want to say his name right here because I haven't asked him if I can use it. But he said, People keep asking me my opinion on what is happening in Afghanistan, mostly civilians with whom I am the only military guy they know. My answer is, quote, it was expected, unquote. Policy and decision makers never understood the cost in blood and treasure. The American people never had the stomach for the long war. Hell, most people weren't even aware it was going on. Nation building in the graveyard of empires is a tall order, one this instant gratification culture can't comprehend. Go in, take out some bad dudes, get Osama bin Laden, certainly, 100 times over. Try to build democracy part two in a culture we don't understand. I knew as an information operations planner that it was a bridge too far. That is the end of the quote. And I kind of think that that sums it up pretty well. I, you know, I am, I have very mixed feelings on it because on one hand... I am very, very sad that we're leaving because it, the, the Taliban is going to roll in and roll right through the country. And it might take them six months, it might take them a year, it might take them ten years. But the, you know, the outlook and the, the, the future prospects for Afghanistan are grim. So, and, and there are a lot of, I've, I have read a bunch of articles about how all the, the professional class in uh, Afghanistan, all the people especially who worked with the U.S. military, you know, all the people, you know, with any money or, or you know, the people who 
would be the ones who would, you know, rebuild the country, all are scrambling to get visas and get out of the country now because they know that when the Taliban does come into Kabul, they're going to be the first ones executed. You know what I mean? So it is it's very, very sad on that, in that sense. On the other hand, there's a part of me that's, that's like, you know what, I, I don't know what more we can do in Afghanistan. I don't know what else we can accomplish. I don't, you know, this idea of turning it into a, you know, beautiful, you know, three-tiered Jeffersonian democracy was never in the cards. Even if it was in the cards, it would have taken much, much more than we were willing to pay for it. And I don't think it's just Americans that don't have the stomach for the long war. I don't think any country has the stomach to, you know, stick it out any place for 20 years and just not see you know, not see results and just to see this, this long stalemate. So I, I think that uh, if we were going to stick it out, then we had to make a much, 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 much larger investment, which we just kind of never decided to do. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a shame. You know what I mean? That is my kind of depressing take on it in a nutshell. Like you said, the Taliban is probably going to roll right back in there, but I want to know who's funding the Taliban. Because certainly they can't be funding themselves in a country where people don't want them. Somebody's behind it with a lot of money and power. Who is it? I firmly believe that we know who it is, but we're just too afraid to go after it. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I I, I definitely know the uh, Pakistan uh, funds a lot of it, and they were able to operate out of Pakistan. I know that various other... Middle Eastern countries may have. I, I think the this is one where I do not think the Iranians, although the, might, the Iranians might, I'm sure, do have contact with the Taliban. I think that they are um, enemies and they're not allies because the Iranians are Shia, the Taliban are, you know, very strict Sunni. But yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that question. And I've, I've thought that, found that, found that uh, myself. I just, um, I don't know how these guys just keep going because um, I wasn't in Afghanistan, so, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't witness it firsthand, but I don't know. Yeah, I never. I didn't, you know, I didn't go to Afghanistan either. I don't. I don't know why anybody would join the Taliban. I wish we had some more Afghan experts on, but um, but yeah, I think you know. I I, I wish I kind of. I, I wish I could say you know what, uh, the Afghan for uh, security forces are ready to go. We're gonna roll out. They're gonna stand up. They're gonna do a great job. But that is definitely not in the cards, man. You know what I mean? You'll get a couple of them. A couple of them will fight, but... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we seen that. Yeah. In Iraq. Mm-hmm. As soon as we turn something loose over there, it'd get overran. Yep, yep. Well, you'd, you'd always hear about, you know, the guards leaving their post with their weapons there and everything. They just, they just bounce. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. They just turn and run pretty much, so... The uh, and, and they just yeah just melt back into society and I mean I don't know I'm not in their shoes I mean I'm sure you know the threat of the Taliban you know beheading you is enough to to scare the shit out of people you know what I mean um, I did see one article I didn't read it and I don't know if it was just like a kind of a one off piece but a group of women in Kabul got armed and basically said we're gonna take on the Taliban if they come here and I was like oh okay that's interesting you know what I mean but um, yeah so. You know, so that's what's going on with Afghanistan. You know, I hope for something positive, but I don't. I don't think it will. So, 
I know you weren't in Afghanistan. What were your thoughts on, you know, Iraq versus Afghanistan? Did you feel one was more necessary than the other? Do you feel they were both unnecessary? Uh, how did you kind of think they compared to each other? I mean, we got, we had to go into Iraq and get Saddam out of there. He was in charge of a powerful regime. And then the whole Afghanistan, it was just, by then, it was just a war against terrorists. It was a war against the Taliban, and the Taliban was a big key presence in Afghanistan, so that's why we went in there. Plus, you had the uh, Osama bin Laden over there, where we thought he was in Afghanistan. We know how that turned out. Yeah. He wasn't. Yep, yep. When you got people plotting against the West, because they don't like the people of the West, I mean, you got to take it to them. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's another thing that we actually, after 20 years have kind of lost sight of. Afghanistan was a safe haven for terrorists uh, because it was so lawless. And you know, Al-Qaeda was able to operate because they cut a deal with the Taliban. And yeah, it's entirely possible that when Afghanistan eventually does return to Taliban rule, that ISIS or... or ISIS maybe not. ISIS and the Taliban are actually rivals. They don't, they don't get along. But, but you know, Al-Qaeda or another sort of, or a terrorist organization, or hell, maybe even ISIS and the Taliban might even cut a deal, and it suddenly becomes, you know, another base for uh, terrorist operations, you know, once again, and then we have to go, you know, we might, 20 years from now, we might be right back in Afghanistan, too, you know, so that's a, that's another thing. Um, the, yeah, you know, I kind of, I have, I have, I think, kind of contradictory feelings on Iraq, in a sense that, first of all, let's talk about Afghanistan. After September 11th, Afghanistan definitely had to be dealt with. We definitely had to go in, had to eliminate Osama bin Laden, and you know had to root out Al-Qaeda. Like, it had to be done. In, in a sense, we were successful there. But, you know, what we weren't successful with was, you know, establishing the long-term security and the long-term, or helping them, I should say, to establish the long-term security and the long-term peace. Iraq is a little more complicated. So, with Iraq, I don't think we needed to go in when we did. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something, what I, what, I, what I think is kind of a contradiction. I don't think we need to go in when we did. And I think that when we did, we really took our eyes off of Afghanistan and ended up fighting two wars and kind of split our attention and our resources between the two and got bad outcomes for both. But here's the contradiction, I think, with Iraq. I think Bush didn't have to go into Iraq, so uh, it didn't have to happen. But then, conversely, I think Obama pulled us out of Iraq too early. I think Iraq, in a sense, would have been the project to pacify and the project to bring democracy or bring, bring a stable government would have, could have potentially been more successful in Iraq because Iraq was much more advanced than Afghanistan. Afghanistan is just... One thing I have heard, I've heard this from numerous veterans who've been to both places... Like Afghanistan was just like de- developmentally, in terms of their, their their government, was just just way behind Iraq. Iraq was much more modern. It was in the middle, you know, the middle of the Middle East. Saddam was a horrible, horrible dictator, but for a little bit he did try to uh, modernize Iraq and at least bring it into the twentieth century. Whereas Afghanistan is just way, way, way behind. I think that you know we did we if we had stuck it out a bit longer. With more forces in Iraq, I, I think you would have seen 
different outcome. You certainly wouldn't have seen ISIS running rampant through it. But, uh, you know, I, I really, really hate to say what I'm about to say, but, you know, I think it's, we've just had bad outcomes in both, both countries. So, you know, unfortunately past, unless we want to recommit and send, you know, another couple hundred thousand troops back into Egypt, I think, unfortunately, the time for us, at least in this moment, has passed unless something happens again. You know what I mean? So. I mean, I personally don't think they'll ever quit fighting over there. Point is 
Um, when they finally can't just stop, you know, relying on oil to pay for everything, they're going to have to innovate. They're going to have to introduce, if not democracy, just at least get a little more input from their people because um, they don't have, you know, they don't have to tax people the way that they do here. So they don't have to answer to anybody. They just, like I said, the Saudi government, you know, the royal family needs more money. They could just sell more oil and they don't have to. They, you know, they don't have to answer to anybody for it. You know what I mean? So now I think too, you know, as America has become more energy independent, you know, the Middle East has become less important geopolitically, but they're still pretty important. I mean, it's still, it's still important. You need oil, but in the next, I you mean, know, we were, we were energy independent. I don't say, I don't know if we are anymore. It, so without going too far on, um, were. yeah, without, without going too far into the politics of, uh, uh, oil, you know, I just I just read a fantastic article about how um, OPEC did not vote to increase production because they have, you know, different governments voting OPEC, and again, without going too far into it, and I don't understand it completely myself, but different governments, you know, within OPEC have different goals, different objectives, and different strategic objectives, and some countries want to uh, raise production because they want to sell all their oil before... Um, the world, you know, starts to transition away from it, and others don't. And they see what what OPEC and these countries are always trying to do. They're trying to find the perfect price for oil, and what the perfect price is, is where it's not too low. The price per barrel is not too low that they don't make any money off it, but it's also not too high as to number one encourage and create more demand for American drilling. And two, if it's too expensive, then people start looking towards uh, other alternatives. So, so it's still... Like, like right now. Yeah. Like I, I, was, I was smiling when I'd go to the gas pump, and it only cost me 45 to $50 to fill up my Suburban mm-hmm. or my truck. Now it's like 70 to 80 bucks to fill it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus what it was just a couple of years ago. Prices here, gas prices here. I mean, this we're we're tipping close to three dollars a gallon. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, I mean, it was it was down into the dollars, dollar seventy nine, dollar eighty nine a gallon. Mm-hmm. That was that was nice. Yeah, you can go to work and make some money. Yeah. Now it's like shit. You're working to pay the bills yeah. just to get gas in the vehicle. Yeah. So. The big difference between Middle Eastern oil and American oil, um, American oil is, it's all, you know, fracking, fracking for natural gas, but that is actually expensive. It, it's, it's more expensive to produce a barrel of oil in the U.S. than it is over there because they're the Saudi oil, the Saudi, Iraqi, and Iranian oil, it's uh, much easier to access and it's much cheaper to produce. So I, I don't know what the exact dollar amount is, but... Uh, American oil only becomes profitable once the barrel, the cost of a, a barrel of oil, you know, raises above. I, I don't get. It. I don't know what the 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 number is, but if I'm just gonna make up some numbers right here, if the Saudis can sell, can make a profit selling, you know, oil for fifty dollars a barrel, and the U.S. can only, you know, make a profit if it sells it for eighty dollars a barrel. The Saudis never wanted to get that high because they don't want the you know the Americans to jump back in. So. So that's so that's that's kind of the game that OPEC plays, you know. What My I mean? thing is, is us Americans can produce our own oil over here for our own sake. We don't have to buy it from nobody, and it'd be cheaper for us. 
to, to we can be our own. Well, and just buying and trading from other countries, we can survive on our own. It is true that we can. However, why, why do we have to buy oil from somebody else at a higher price when we have it here on our own? Well, again, because it's the Saudis can can extract it much cheaper per barrel than we can here. I'll be damned. Two years ago, when we were making it here, it was a dollar seventy nine a gallon. Now it's mm-hmm. almost three dollars a gallon. How how is it cheaper over there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna look into it and find out exact specifics about that. But I do know. I mean, yeah, I've, I've got a high school education. I mean, I ain't the smartest guy, Doc. I mean, three dollars a gallon versus a dollar seventy nine a gallon. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty good bit when you're putting twenty four twenty five gallons at a time in a tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're, talk, you're talking some serious money. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I, that money is going. That money's going in somebody's pocket. Yeah, I, I know one of the factors that uh, that one of the reasons that gas is much more expensive now than it was a year ago is because you know way more people are driving. Demand is much higher. You know what I mean? I, I like in just L. A. I mean, people turn sixteen every day. They, I mean, the driver. I mean, it's going to always keep going up. Mm-hmm. Oh, not here. Actually, here. So here, they're actually in between now and a year ago. It's like night and day, man. Like literally, ten times as many people driving now. And I'm not even exaggerating that. Out here, ten times as many people driving now than last year when everything was shut down. But I will do a little more um, research and send you a couple articles about that because the oil. The energy economy and, and sort of the, the the pressures and the sort of games that OPEC has to play are, are real interesting when you when you OPEC and that includes Russia. Russia's in the same boat. You know, if, if gas prices, if oil prices are high, uh, Russia's doing pretty good. If they're low, then then Russia's not. Who All cares the more, about Russia? What's up? I said, who cares about Russia? <sighs> yeah, I Russia. Mean, I don't care about Russia. Yeah. I don't until they are. Encouraging ransomware attacks and meddling in our business, and then all of a sudden they become a huge pain in the ass. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure there's good people in Russia, just like there's good people in America. There's bad people in Russia, just true. like there's bad people in America. True, 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 true. So, so that's Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, again, when when I see these, oh, I, I think in a lot of ways, not that these wars are ending, they ended more like. Vietnam, although although the, the jury's still out on that because you know Afghanistan still has a lot has to wrap up, but they ended a bit more like Vietnam than they did World War Two. World War Two, J- Germany surrendered, Japan surrendered, we won, everybody was happy. You know what I mean? Vietnam, we had to to beat feet out of Saigon in nineteen seventy five, and all the vets who look back on it, proud of their service, but you know didn't quite like the outcome. And I'm super proud of my service. It's uh, I was thinking about it today. I was like, you know, aside from being a good father and, ha- you know, uh, raising a family, like, you know, my military service is a thing in my life, definitely most proud of, and will tell anybody who asked me about it, talk their ear off about it. I wish I could look back at, you know, the outcome of Iraq and, you know, see it. Wish, I, wish, I, wish, I wish Iraq had turned out the way Germany and Japan did after World War II, or, you know, we rebuilt and they did, they were doing, you know, 20 years on. Same with Afghanistan. You know, they're, Iraq and Afghanistan, 20 years on, we're doing really well. And we could go visit, we could go... My dream is, I one day, I wish I could go to downtown Fallujah and go and sit at a cafe and have a little, 
have a little chai and maybe talk to somebody and have them be like, hey, man, you know, welcome to welcome, welcome to Fallujah. And I could ask them stories and they could tell me stuff. Because uh, I've, been, I've been to Vietnam. I went to Vietnam a couple years ago and everybody was super nice to me. All the Vietnamese people were very, very nice. And, you know, they won the war, so they don't have, they kind of, they're very confident, but they've, you know, they've moved on and they've, not every single one, of course, but like the vast majority have moved on and they've forgiven Americans, you know what I mean? So hopefully we can have a nice, peaceful relationship with Iraq and Afghanistan one day. Yeah, that, I don't think it'd be in our lifetime, though. Yeah, I, I unfortunately have to agree with you. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I ain't going back over there. No. Yeah. Not to drink no tea. No. No, right now, you yeah, I, I would. I would. I'll go in there. I'll go in there and drink me a glass of sweet tea. That's about all the tea yeah. I'll drink. There would have to be. Let me put it like this: there would have to be a lot of money and a huge convoy involved to get me to go back to Fallujah. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's not. Yeah, nobody's nobody's gonna. Yeah, nobody's gonna rent out a couple fucking. Yeah, Humvee. Trust me, every, I, I have headaches every day because of that place. Yeah, I'm not going back over there. Yeah. To yeah. try to get rid of my headaches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna live with my headaches. Yeah. <laughs> so. So I'm yeah. Eat my ibuprofen and live happily ever after. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't leave nothing over there, did you? Um. No. No. I. I, I, don't, I, have to, I don't have to go back and get nothing. Yeah, I. You know, I would. It's like going going back would be nice. It would be. It's kind of like a dream, you know. Because again, I do see these Vietnam vets going back. I see like World War Two guys going back to Normandy, and I think it would be nice. But if I if I don't make it back, it's it's you know it's not gonna kill me. You know what I mean? Like it's out of my hands. You know, yeah. it's out of my I hands. Lose, I didn't lose nothing over there. I don't have to go back and get it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't drop a watch. I I, yeah. I'll leave it up to the History Channel or National Geographic to show me pictures of Fallujah. Yeah, yeah. They can get in there and I'll watch it and I'll feel like, yeah, I remember that Mm -hmm. store right there. I remember the pizza slice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got anything else? That's it, man. All right, last thing I'll say is, yep, Harp, I kind of agree with you. you. I didn't leave anything behind in Iraq, but it would be nice to go visit one day. If everything is peaceful, I don't see that happening, and I'm certainly not going on an adventure there by myself when everything's all messed up. But who knows? Maybe one day we will. I'll go if you go. All right, cool. Maybe that'll be our. We'll do our little our little field trip when we're uh, when we're in our seventies. So <laughs> our bug that'll be on our bucket list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if we live if we live to be seven hundred, we might be able to go. So <laughs> if I'm a betting man, I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, everybody. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. We love talking to you. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.